So here is the big question. How do entrepreneurs like us, who started sales or direct selling or network marketing, how did we start our journey but now feel stuck, feel like we're struggling or we can't level up to where we want to be, where we know we can be? How do we break through and prove everybody wrong? Everybody wrong. Show ourselves that we are successful and show ourselves that we can win. That is the big question. And this is the podcast that will give you the answers. My name is Lisa Hawker, and this is Direct AF Sales. Welcome back to Direct AF. Good morning. We have Andrew Cap today to talk to KAP, and he has an incredible book called The Last Law of Attraction book you'll ever need to read. It offers readers a never-before-seen understanding of the topic that no other Law of Attraction book has been, excuse me, has ever been able to do. You can go the extra mile of finally addressing why people get excited about trying it, but still can't manage to get in the habit of using his method or these methods for just five minutes a day. I can totally relate to that. Habit is everything, right? <laughs> The book has enjoyed continued success and it has over 1,800 five-star rave reviews. That's incredible. Good for you. Thank you. Actually, we're, we're past that now. We're, we're closer to a 1,900 plus. So we're, oh, that's we're amazing. Back. That's amazing. You can check this out at www.lastlawofattractionbook.com. And of course, check out the YouTube channel as well. Good morning. Good. Let's Good morning. get into it. Absolutely. First of all, and thank you so much. Here, Lisa. Yes. Good, good, good. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And, um, you know, I'm really excited to get into this topic of, of what your book is about, why people can't seem to stay in the habit. But I'm going to turn it over to you. Tell me all about it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, people, they often ask me for an introduction and I always say I'm Andrew, otherwise known as that guy who wrote the last law of attraction book you'll ever need to read because the book title says so much, or at least it makes a, a very bold claim or a very bold promise. And there's a lot in that title. It's very intentional. It wasn't about, you know, being, being brash, but it was more about uh, being methodical in, in my approach and offering something different. And you know, the law of attraction is such a, a weird space in that it was a huge fad when The Secret came out back in 2006. And now it's like it's out there, but, you know, some people, they don't know what to make with it. And a lot of people, they'll learn about it and they'll, quote unquote, try it. And they'll they'll go in all sorts of directions with it. And for me, it was very important to make a book that explained the law of attraction because any law of attraction book worth its all is going to do that. But any book worth its salt is also hopefully going to give very easy, convenient, user-friendly manifesting methods to work in harmony with the law of attraction, where I really try to separate myself from the pack is also kind of addressing one extra piece. And that's with an understanding of oftentimes, whether it's law of attraction or it's weight loss or it's relationships or it's money or it's business or it's something that we're trying to improve in our life. We learn new content. We get really excited. We actually start to use it. We actually start to get results and we still quit. 
And what I want to do was in, in the midst of everything, can I address that? Can I speak to that? Can I answer that and give the reader a new level of self-awareness so that they don't quit? And, and really the goal is now they'll, they'll actually, they won't quit. They'll use it long enough to get an actual result. And then it's not me teaching them. It's not the book teaching them. It's not my YouTube teaching them. It's not the universe teaching them. It's their own life experience teaching them. And once you hit a point where you learn through something through your own life experience, you are forever changed and no one can ever take that away from you. And that is the real philosophical vision of this book that I really want to make sure to accomplish. There's a lot to unpack there. So let's talk first about the law of attraction and then go from there and go mm -hmm. into the steps that you've created or you talk about in your book. Absolutely. Well, you know, the law of attraction is, it's based on the, and by the way, I always try to explain this where even if you don't believe in the law of attraction, you can still benefit. I think it's a really important thing because this, is, this should be accessible to anybody. But um, to, to answer that question, the law of attraction is rooted in the premise that everything is energy. Your energy, I'm energy, the devices that we're speaking over is energy, and our thoughts are energy. And there's a deeper premise that like energy attracts like energy and that everything vibrates. So through that understanding, through that theory, you can be intentional about the thoughts that you choose in order to bring about or magnify or invite a result in your life, an improvement in your life. And um, an extra step on that is how you feel when you're having those thoughts. If you feel good, well, that means you're on your way to getting what you want. And if you feel bad, well, then you are inadvertently thinking about the opposite of what you want and you're magnifying and attracting those um, undesirable things. And again, to explain it out of the context of law of attraction, if you don't believe in that, just believe in the power of your subconscious mind. Are you sending signals to your subconscious mind, which is a supercomputer, by the way, that is going to help govern actions, govern details, govern the way you behave to bring about better results? Or are you sending negative feedback to it? Are you sending limits? Are you sending, um, you know, false information where it's going to stop you from getting what you want because you've instilled that belief in it? So everything is all connected. Law of attraction, universe, energy, subconscious mind. It's all one big cascading web of saying, listen, it, it kind of sounds ridiculous the first time you hear it. But when you focus on good things with intention, you are going to bring about good things in your life. If you do the opposite, you're going to get the opposite of effect. And if you're getting a certain effect now, that's because you are inadvertently and and you're thinking in a certain direction but you're not doing it with intention therefore you are an autopilot meaning you are li limiting yourself through whatever external programming you've inadvertently allowed yourself to receive how do you you know how do you suggest sort of reprogramming yourself or reconditioning mm. your brain to to produce a better result so here's like again i i think that because we overcomplicate things, it's very easy for me to kind of go down this road of, okay, we're going to go through a really deep program of deprogramming yourself and doing this and, and lifting all this heavy, all this heaviness. And I'm not saying that that stuff doesn't work. I'm saying I've found in my own experience that there's an easier way. And the easier way is focusing on literally five or 10 minutes of gratitude or positive visualization every single day. And the reason I say that is, um, you, you know, you're going to focus for five minutes that day on something that you're really gr grateful for. And ideally, you're going to be doing it with the intention of feeling good, not the intention of forcing the universe to give you what you want. And then you're going to go about your day. And then something that you define as bad is going to happen or negative is going to happen. Something is going to frustrate you. Something's going to upset you. And most people are going to be like, see, this stuff doesn't work. But what happened was, listen, you just started. 
So you put in those five minutes, you're starting to build up that energetic momentum and something happens and that's fine. The next day, you do another five or 10 minutes and you go about your day and maybe something happens good, maybe it's bad, doesn't matter. Next day you do it and over time, you are in an easy, non-needy way, you are programming yourself over the long haul to just be more predisposed towards positive intentions, positive emotions, a positive mindset and perspective and expectation so that over time, those negative things happen less frequently and they affect you in, with less significant impact. And it's a thing where it can go really fast or it can really go slow depending on who you are and depending on what you allow. But the number one thing is, what can you do to make sure that you can just do this every single day so that it's convenient, so that you look forward to these five minutes, so that they are a choice rather than a chore. There's something that you get to do rather than something that you have to do. Once you've accessed that level on this, it becomes something where, yes, this is a daily practice, but it doesn't bother you because brushing your teeth doesn't bother you. You know, getting dressed for work doesn't bother you. These five minutes a day should not bother you. They should be something that you look forward to and that you're happy to do every single day. So how do you get there? Like, let's say we're starting out, you know, somebody's mm -hmm. listening and they say, okay, I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I'm going to try this. I'm going to do the five minutes a day. Um, how do you suggest getting to the point where you look forward to it? Like it's a choice, not a chore. How do you yeah. So this is where, and by the way, you know, I'm more than happy for people to buy my book, but you don't need it. So whether it's through my book or someone else's book, or my YouTube channel, or someone else's YouTube channel, or any other external source of information, play and experiment with different manifesting methods, different gratitude methods, different visualization methods, different scripting methods, until you find ones that you really like. And once, like, you know you've hit the sweet spot when you really enjoy them. And here's the thing, some people might hear that and be like, well, Andrew, that might take forever. There's, there's countless things out there. I don't wanna wait till forever. Here's the really cool part. When you are engaging in this discovery process and you're doing these methods, even if you're not getting a 10 out of 10 on the method that you try, you might be getting a 7 out of 10. So while you're looking for that ideal method, you're still doing this energetic work. You're still getting this positive momentum. So if you take 30 days of experimenting, those aren't 30 days wasted until you finally find the one. Those are days where every single thing you've already put in significant effort and work and energetic momentum into what you're doing. So, and by the way, I'm, I'm happy to teach one or two methods if you want to go in that direction, but That'd it really just comes down to finding certain methods, playing with them. And once you know you enjoy them and it doesn't feel like a chore, you're good because I've said this often, I, I've yet to find a football fan who's gone, wait, Andrew, you mean I have to go to the Super Bowl this year? It's like, no, they're pumped to go to the Super Bowl and they're pumped to take that long plane ride, even though that's inconvenient. They're pumped to wait, bake in the hot stadium all day waiting for the game, even though that's inconvenient. This is something where nothing's inconvenient and yet you still look forward to it because you still enjoy it in the moment because who doesn't want to feel good in the moment for even just five minutes a day and get a break or a reprieve from whatever stresses that you have in your life in the meantime. When do you suggest or when do you personally engage in your five minutes? I know a lot of people who have talked about visualization that I do personal development with. Um, they do it at night when they lay down, when they're mm -hmm. ready for bed. They take the, you know, five, ten minutes and start to do their vis vis <laughs> visualization. I can't get it out this morning. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. Yeah, well, so you, you actually... This is one of the best questions because it leads me to the answer of like, I'll tell you, I do it in the morning, but that doesn't mean you're supposed to do it in the morning. The real best answer is when is it most convenient for you? When is it most enjoyable? Some people, they want to kind of get it out of the way before their day begins. 
other people, they have a lifestyle. They might have children to deal with or, or a certain job to get to where it's just their stress attached to doing it in the morning and they prefer to wait at night or maybe they do the middle of the day. So the real answer is every person, whatever feels best. And again, experiment, see which one works. I personally do it in the morning just because that's my personality. That's my, I, I'm kind of like a control freak. I feel good knowing that I've done my commitment to myself before moving on. But if you want to do it before going to bed, or if you want to do it beginning and end of day, I don't need to five minutes a day is enough. Once is enough, but you can do that as well. Yeah. I think I'll start to play with um, the different times of day and see, I mean, for me, you know, nighttime is ideal because it, it's, a time that you can bring yourself down, center yourself, get yourself prepared into a calm state. You know what I mean? So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And there's a strategy, by the way, that's that, Lisa. Again, not, not that I do it, not that you need it, but a wonderful um, strategic aspect of doing it at night is you're sending instructions to your subconscious mind just as you're going to sleep when you're most open to it. Not a requirement, but a wonderful thing. And and I think that's another thing to, to bring up. You know, a, a way to be being successful at this is to understand and appreciate human nature and human psychology. To understand, okay, if the subconscious mind is most open now and I actually enjoy it, of course I'm going to do that. Or, you know, knowing that I need to enjoy this to order to keep it up, I'm going to do that. I'm going to look for something that I really enjoy. And by the way, when I find a method I enjoy, if I start to get bored with it, I'll look for another one. If I do it for five minutes and I want to push it to 10, but I find myself getting antsy and impatient in 10 minutes in, fine, five minutes is enough. I'm always going to do this in a way that's easy for me, that there's no stress, there's no uphill battle, because um, I've gone through periods of my life where I've been in tremendous shape. For example, and you know, you go to the gym and you want to get in shape, you're working, you're working hard. Uh, it's a lot of pain. It's, a, it's, it's strenuous activity, and that's valid. But the beauty of this situation or this this kind of modality is there is no stress required. In fact, stress in this case is a thing that you want to avoid. You want it to be as easy and simple as possible. No complicated steps, no impatience, no fidgeting, no gritting your teeth. More like, all right, I'm just going to enjoy life for five minutes. And if five minutes is too much, all right, I'll do three minutes. If three minutes is too much, I'll do one minute. I'll do 30 seconds. I'll do whatever because eventually 30 seconds will turn into 60 seconds will turn into 90 seconds. It'll, you'll get there very easily. If you can't get there right away, the, just know not to judge yourself and not to put pressure on yourself because the whole point is to be patient and understanding of yourself because you're the only one that you can always count on to do that. So you might as well give yourself that service. So if you don't want, let's talk about like one or two of your favorite methods. Yeah, absolutely. So my number one method from my book, and um, you know, we, we didn't kind of go into my backstory here, um, which we, which we can't go down that road. But I, I had a situation where things got really bad, and I turned it around through these methods. And one of the aspects of that was I turned my my financial life around. Where within four months of really diving into this, I was making more money than at any point in my life. And the reason I bring that up is I attribute the method I'm about to teach you as having the most significance in terms of the work I did. You know, obviously I took inspired action also. But this was the method that I really attribute to that. And I call well, this the time-lapse method. Okay, so then and, before we get into the time-lapse method, let's go into your backstory because I am really curious how this came to you or what oh, yeah. happened um, to bring you to the point that you started exploring this and then you developed your the idea for your book and all of what happened to create this this for yourself. Absolutely. So this kind of this goes back to 2004. And back then, I'm, I'm just a struggling entrepreneur trying to figure things out. And I'm sure, you know, 
anybody listening can relate, but in particular entrepreneurs and salespeople, I think a lot of people that they go down those roads when you have to kill your own dinner, so to speak, you, if you're really trying to be successful, you will find yourself gravitating towards positive modalities, positive mindset stuff, personal development, things of that nature. And um, like I did, people will find Tony Robbins, Brian Tracy, or whoever your cup of tea is. And for me, Law of Attraction was just one of many modalities that I was experimenting with at the time. And to be really candid, it was not very reliable. Um, I had my successes, I had my failures, I had my hits, and I had my misses. And I'd find out later that I was the one that was unreliable because I was the one that, that was stopping when things were working. And it was basically one of those things where from 2004 to 2008, I did a lot of reading, I watched videos, I dove in, I experimented, I tried things out. And um, I also did a lot of things wrong. And it, it had gotten to a point where I wasn't doing this the way I should have. And I had a really bad week in 2008 where I lost my business and my girlfriend of three years all within a few days. And it, the funny thing was, the relationship blew up because I was so desperate to keep the business going. And when I finally quit the business to get the relationship, it was too little too late. And she didn't break up in person or even like over a phone call. She broke up over text, which kind of tells you how bad things had gotten. So I basically lost what felt like it was like 90% of my life within three days. And <laughs> I had to obviously take a hard look in the mirror like, Andrew, what are you doing here? What are you doing with your life? What's going like something needs to change. And I had this very weird simultaneous moment of indignation and epiphany where I looked back and I said, hey, Andrew, of all the things in your life, whenever you did that law of attraction thing and you actually didn't stop, you actually kept going, things happened for you. So now that I've got nothing going on in my life, I don't care what happens. I don't care when it happens. I don't care why it happens, how it happens. I don't care about any of that. I'm going to go all in with this once and for all. And what I mean by all in is I don't mean all day, every day. Because um, even as angry as I was, I knew human nature that was not sustainable. You can't grit your teeth all day, every day. But what I could do was what I had been doing, which is five or 10 minutes of simple gratitude or visualization or scripting. And I can be strategic and tweak the methods so that they work even better for me and I'm even more motivated to do them. So I was motivated enough that I was going to hang on, but I was also strategic enough that I was going to make sure that I made it easy so I could continue this. So I made this simple commitment and promised myself to not stop no matter what, whether things got better or worse. And Lisa, it was like a movie, like all these things that unfolded. Like two weeks later, I felt better, which I think anyone that's been through it knows that's saying a lot with a broken heart. I didn't feel 100%, but I felt a way better than I should have for two weeks in. Three months later, I'm in a brand new, way better, way healthier relationship. Four months later, as I'd said, I'm making more money than at any point in my life before then. And within six months, everything had changed. I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm waking up happy and fulfilled. Everything's running on all cylinders. And what I learned through this, this trial, this hero's journey, so to speak, is that this law of attraction thing, or whatever it is, maybe it's not law of attraction, but we'll call it that, it works when you work it. And like I'd said before, like I was forever changed by my own personal life experience of going through it. And ever since then, I mean, you know, I, I try things out and I experiment, but I always had that knowledge of Andrew, if you just do this and you keep doing it, good things keep happening. And, and honestly, Lisa, it was never a thought in my mind to write a book at that point. In fact, it wasn't until 11 years later where I'm doing something new in my business. I say, listen, like, I think it's time to take things to no level and do business where to be candid, I'm not bored. I, I'm happy when customers email me with questions and I can reply back and I can be really engaged. What is it about my life that is a huge thing that I've never really gone to publicly for the most part 
that I can really dive into and lean in and be passionate about. It's like, oh, law of attraction. And then, of course, I'm like, listen, if I'm going to do this, there's like a thousand, not even hundreds, but there's like a thousand books. Can I say something new? Can I have something new to the conversation? And I basically lose how to give myself permission to make such a bold title and a bold promise and a bold statement. And I came up with the, the cover um, and the title very early in the process. And every day when I sat down to write a chapter, I would put the cover up on the screen and I'll kind of meditate on it. I'd remind myself, listen, this isn't just about another book. Um, I have to make this something where people like it really lives up to the title. I didn't call it the last law of attraction book you'll ever read. I called it the last law of attraction book you'll ever need to read. Meaning it's my goal that when you're done reading this, you never need another one. You have all the tools, everything that you need up front in order to make this happen for yourself. And, and that's kind of like the story. And it basically it was, a, it was a nine and a half week writing process where after I'd given myself permission, I just like went all in and, and put it out. And, and here we are with this. Yeah, writing a book and giving yourself permission is a really interesting process. I've been through it. I've written a book. It's super scary. And you do have to give yourself permission to to put it out there, knowing the intention behind writing it is to is to help and serve other people who need it. Can you hear me okay? Yes, yes. Uh, you're, you're a little oh. bit further back, but I can hear you all right. Okay, good, good. So let's talk about that method then. Thank you mm -hmm. for going into your backstory. That's really helpful. It's interesting. Two things popped out. Um, the first thing that popped out is that you knew it was helping you right before you went mm -hmm. all in, before you lost your your business, before you lost your girlfriend, all of that. You said that you would um, start to see results, but you stopped yourself. Now, do you know why reflecting back why you stopped yourself? Yes. And we'll, we'll, we'll tease your audience and hold off on that method a little bit longer so I can explain this, but I promise your audience <laughs> we will get into the method. Um, but this is actually a very important thing to address here. And again, through this, you know, 2004 to 2008, a lot of it was discovery. A lot of it was learning about myself, human psychology, human nature, all those things. And what I kind of figured out through the process during there and then after looking back, and I'm going to give my own perspective and bear in mind, I'm not a clinical psychologist. So these not all these terms are textbook, but the way I see it is we've got three minds. We've got the conscious mind, we've got the subconscious mind, and right in the middle, we've got what I define as the ego. And the ego, as I define it, it's way stronger than the conscious mind, but nothing compared to the subconscious. And the ego, as I define it, has one job in this world, and that's to keep you alive. And that's good or bad news, depending on where you are in your life right now, because that means whatever your money problems are right now, whatever your relationship problems are right now, and even whatever your health problems are right now, your ego is looking around and says, my person is alive right now. And because I don't have the insight or the foresight to know what kind of changes are going to affect the probability of that survival, all I know is that it's in my best interest statistically to keep the status quo going, meaning someone out there might want to be rich and famous, but for all their ego knows is when they become famous, they're going to get a stalker, and that's a threat to their survival. For all their ego knows is when they get rich, distant families going to come out of the woodwork and try to sue them for their home, a threat to their survival. So this part of your mind that I call the ego, it loves you. It's trying to protect you. It's trying to keep you safe in place, not realizing that it's keeping you stuck in place and also not realizing that when you have more money or you have that, that relationship or whatever it is that you want, that the probability of your survival will most likely go up. It just can't think ahead that way. So it being a master and an expert and an insight on you, knowing your fears, your uncertainties, your doubts, it knows exactly what to whisper in your ear, 
even if it's not saying it through words, to get you to stop going to the gym, to get you to stop doing law of attraction, to get you to stop making all those cold calls in your business or whatever it needs to do to keep you stuck in place. So the trick is here, don't hate your ego, love your ego and appreciate that it's fighting for you, but also be aware of this, which is why I'm such a huge proponent of finding one method that only take five minutes because your ego's like, I can't do a half hour, you're too busy. But two, finding methods that you really enjoy because then it can't really talk you out of it, at least not right away. It'll let you do this for a month while you get results. And then the ego looks around like, whoa, Andrew's got a new girlfriend and he's still alive. Now it's safe. Whoa, Andrew's making more money. He's still alive. Now this is safe. I'm going to fight and I'm going to protect this status quo for him now. So, yeah, the, the long, long story short on that is there's a part of your mind that's trying to keep you alive that doesn't understand that these improvements are actually better for your survival. Therefore, you have to find a way around it, bypassing the ego to the subconscious mind through these methods so that then the heavy lifting gets taken care of for you, so to speak. To say nothing of, you know, especially if you believe in it, communicating that signal to the universe and having a lot of opportunities, circumstances, coincidences, you might call them, vibrate into your reality so that you can take advantage of those as well. I love that. All right. Let's get to the method. Cool. And hopefully we didn't <laughs> overhype it now, but I promise you if it is overhyped, um, anyone that tries this, just try it because it only takes five minutes anyway, and, and you'll be glad you did. So the time And you have nothing to lose. Is, you only have something to gain. Lisa, you said it all right there. That that's that's the the whole message, by the way. Thank you for that. You have nothing to lose in MPS, you know, even if you don't believe in law of attraction, studies show that just feeling gratitude, and this is a gratitude method, it will increase your confidence, it will reduce your anxiety, it will um, eliminate depression, it will give you a more resilient mindset. You get a win just by doing this for five minutes, even if nothing ever comes of it. But to get to the time lapse method, it's a gratitude method where you're basically gonna write down fifteen things that you're grateful for. Five of them are from your past. Five are things that you're grateful for in your present, and five are things that you want or are looking forward to in your future. These can be big or small. And the really key, the key thing about this is, is all these things, whether they're past, present, and future, you're going to write them out in the present tense as if you're experiencing now. You know, I'm so grateful for that apartment. Well, it was an apartment that you had, that you do have, or you're going to have. It doesn't matter. I'm so grateful for the apartment. So grateful for making X amount of dollars. So you write up this list. And then what you're going to do is you're going to jumble up the list in a really random order. Maybe the first thing is a present item. Maybe the next one's a past. Maybe another present. Maybe another future. It's all mixed up. And what you're going to do is you're going to go through your list one at a time. You read each thing aloud or in your mind. There's no rules. And then you're just going to take 20 to 60 seconds to feel gratitude for that thing. And here's where the strategy really comes in play. Here's where human nature comes into play. Two-thirds of that list is real. Meaning two-thirds of that list, when you read those things, you're going to have a gratitude that's authentic, that you can't manufacture or replicate or fake because it actually did happen or is happening. The gratitude is real. But because we as humans don't downshift very easily and you've mixed in and dispersed the future ones also, that will carry over that enthusiasm, that, that authenticity of gratitude will also be felt on the future items, which will access your subconscious mind if you believe in that which will access the universe if you believe in that, or what I believe is it'll access both if you believe in that. So strategically, you're feeling good, you're taking time out to away from your worries, and you're programming your subconscious and the universe with things that you want and feeling good about it as well. That's why, to me, it's such a fun, easy, powerful method because it's, it's good in and of itself, but it also takes advantage of human psychology to make it even better and more potent for you. 
So a couple things on that. So I remember, I remember Mel Robbins talking about, or maybe I read it in one of her, her first book, um, that the mind, your brain can't tell the difference between a, like a fantasy or a wish, something that you're visualizing that you want and reality. Yes. And so I heard you say something just very, very similar to that concept that yes. your brain isn't recognizing on your list, whether it's something like, I'm so grateful for that apartment. Now, my brain doesn't know if I'm talking about the shithole that I lived in on the Fenway when I was 20 in Boston, mm-hmm. or if I'm talking about the future apartment penthouse in a huge high rise that I want overlooking the ocean. The, the Right. So right. my brain and, doesn't and know which one I'm talking about. Like, is, do, you, do you feel good about it in that uncertainty, or do you want to add details and specifics of a penthouse? Because whichever one feels good or whichever one feels better, you can do. You can do either way. That's the beauty of this. And, you know, for me, I, I give methods. I, I like to teach very user-friendly methods that you can follow to the letter if that's your personality. But there's an open-endedness to it where you can tweak any step that you want in any way that you want, so long as you achieve the ultimate goal, which is to feel good while thinking about what you have or what you want or both. That's all this is any of this is about. It's about feeling good emotionally while thinking about what you have or what you want or both. If you could follow my methods to the letter and get that, cool. If you can do it your own way and tweak it, cool. If you could do it more than one way and it still accomplishes it, cool. Whatever way works, whatever way makes you feel good, that's solving that. And just to speak real quick, because you mentioned now the subconscious mind can't tell the difference. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I see myself as pretty down to earth and pretty practical, but for all I know, I might be coming off as airy fairy to people or woo woo to people. This is stuff that's been declassified by the CIA. So military takes this very seriously. Olympic athletes in their mind run their event over, over in their mind before the actual event, because this has scientifically been demonstrated, like you said, that your subconscious, subconscious mind can't tell the difference. So why not give yourself the service and the gift of thinking about these things in an easy, convenient way that you can do over and over and that you never feel overwhelmed by in order to invite more of that into your world? So I'm really usually very uptight, very anal and very um, direction oriented. So I'm I'm sure that somebody listening has the same question that I'm about to ask you, which is when you're writing, when you're doing this Mm -hmm. method for the first time and you're writing down your 15 things, five from the past, five from the present, five from the future. Right. Um, You write them down and then you said to jumble them up. Does that mean to rewrite them or does that mean just jumble them up as you start to, um, you know, say your gratitude for each item. Right. Thank you. So, and and this is where you'll either love or hate this answer as someone that likes specifics or likes getting it right. Um, it's whichever way you want. And I'll give you a couple for instances. You can write it down on a piece of paper and literally like tear the paper up and resort the little pieces, or you can rewrite it, or you might not even be handwriting it. You might be typing it out on the laptop and you just reorder it on your Word document. So whatever way you're doing it, choose a way that's convenient and easy for, or, I mean, even though I don't personally recommend this, but that's only because it's hard for me, you could write a number down to the list and just like move, or, move your eye around the screen. Although for all I know, for certain people that might make even more confusion and therefore even deeper gratitude. So that's another, exp- it hasn't worked for me, but that's another experiment for people to try. So ultimately, um, you'll, and you'll always hear the same answer from me. It's like whatever way works for you, because there's no right must have way, which by the way, I mean, I I always, I'm often frustrated and I did have frustrations in other books 
where it, maybe if they didn't even intend to, it kind of felt like they're saying it has to be this way. And the answer is no, it doesn't have to be any way other than the way that makes you feel a positive emotion while thinking about what you have or what you want or both. Because everyone has different personalities. Everyone has a different way of going about it and different comfort levels. Some people, I mean, I think time-lapse is awesome. They might take some of my other methods like, no, Andrew, here's a better method. This one's even better. Awesome. Whatever works for you. That's, that's the, always the, the final answer on it. Yeah, I mean, the process... The, the, the important part is to focus on the system, and the system is doing it daily, doing it for five minutes or up to five minutes as much as you can, right, mm-hmm. every single day. But the how is the flexible part, and I think that's important yes. that you stress that for people because what I see in my experience in my business um, is that um, if they – a lot of times people will feel like, well – I'm not doing it exactly like Andrew said, and that's why I'm not seeing the results. It's only been a week and it's only been two weeks, but I'm not seeing the results he said would come. So I must be doing it wrong. So I'm glad that you keep, um, you know, stressing the fact that there is no wrong way as long as you're doing something based in gratitude for the five minutes a day. Yeah. And by the way, the, the I must be doing something wrong, which Lisa is, is such a deep insight more than some people might realize that's the ego I was talking about before. It's speaking through you to you because, oh, my God, Lisa might get what she wants, and I don't know if she's going to survive, but it hasn't happened yet. Here's my window. Here's my window like, it must not be working. I must be doing it wrong. There must be something wrong about me. I am not as good as Andrew or smart as Andrew. Oh, and now we're taking deeper leaps. I don't deserve this. I'm not worthy of this. I'm not smart enough. I'm not kind enough. I'm not blank enough. I'm not enough. All these little things, which, again, it, it feels so harsh. It feels cruel. Your ego doesn't want to torture you. It's just doing whatever it needs to to survive. And it's not interested in your comfort or your fulfillment or your satisfaction. So if it has to hurt you, it wouldn't prefer it. But if it has to, so be it, because it's so worried about your survival in ways that you will never realize. That's so fascinating. So is that a method, the 15, um, the writing down, the 15 things, is that something that you encourage people to do every day or change it up to maybe a different method? I encourage people, again, to do, and here's the thing, by the way, um, knowing what I know about you, I think people are used to getting um, exact steps and specificity, and they're, they're used to getting like really good information. And I, I want to give that, but I also want to give people flexibility there, the the system that I have is the, like my instruction of the system that you want to adhere to is playing around with it enough until you find something that feels good for you. It really it goes in that deep because I want there's there's inherent flexibility in this that doesn't belong in other systems. Now, with that in mind, I'd say, all right, try time lapse every single day. But at the same token, you know, maybe sprinkle in something else and see how that feels. Do you like it less? Do you like it more? Whatever. You can do this every day. I, I went through a period where I did it for a whole month. But then I also went through a period where I did it once a month. Because, I mean, my book has 19 methods. And by the way, again, if you don't want to buy my book, my YouTube channel has a bunch of free methods. And if you don't like me, well, you know, YouTube's got a bunch of methods. So there's there's an endless array, which can actually be a, be- a bad thing. There's too much variety. Um, but it really just comes down to experimenting, playing. And, like, as long as you feel good, as long as you enjoy it every single day, do it. You can, you can get away with only doing one method in your life and getting everything you want. 
The only question is, do you enjoy it every day? If you do, right. one method really is enough. You could find one method in my book or any book and then never read another page of anyone ever else again, but you have everything you need. And I think that's the important thing. The important thing is for the person to understand that potentially that really is enough. There's no requirement of learning more methods. There's no requirement of doing more methods. As long as they feel good every single day for a few minutes, they're doing everything they need to in service to themselves. This has been so interesting. I want to know what's next on your radar for you. Mm, well, <laughs> so just recently, um, I completed 100 consecutive days of content on my YouTube channel. And wow. the, there, was an, Amazing. there was an artistic vision because like even your reaction, like, yeah, that was not it was not fun or not easy. By the way, Lisa, I broke my own rules because I'm the first one to say you should do everything in joy. Right. But I had made this commitment. So even though I enjoyed the content, um, the editing process, which I did myself because I'm a control freak, um, which took hours a day, um, that drove me crazy. But what my artistic vision was, and I didn't tell people I was doing 100 days until I was, I was like on day 90, because I wanted people, my audience, to see me showing up every single day. And they're like, whoa, yeah, Andrew's been around for 100 days. Because my message is, if I could record for 40 minutes every day and spend like five hours editing that down every single day and this grueling process every day, there's no reason why you, the viewer, can't do five minutes of something you actually enjoy every single day. So I was basically showing up, setting the example so that people like, okay, yeah, I can do this for five minutes, especially since ideally it's supposed to be enjoyable. So for what's next for me, really, it's just, you know, I don't have any plans. I have book ideas, but I'm never going to do another law of attraction book like this. Otherwise I'm disregarding the title and it really is enough. Um, but right now the vision is just doing more with YouTube and building an audience there because I do understand and appreciate that even though I have an audio, the book is an audio book and some people like to listen. Some people don't like audio books. Some people don't even like to read. Some people like video. So I'm pushing the YouTube really just to give people another available way. And in this case, a free way for them to learn this content and really dive in and hopefully get some value out of it. Yeah, it's really valuable. And um, I'm sure that a lot of people listening are going to give it a go. I know I am going to give it a go for sure. I can do anything Thank for you. five minutes a day. <laughs> it but really is that simple. Really, yeah, it's really impressive that you that you did that um, and that you didn't tell anybody that you were doing that. Showing up on YouTube and then editing, that is grueling. I really commend you. That's impressive. Um, Thank you. Have you heard of the book 75 Hard? Yes. Andy yeah. Frisella, I, yeah. <laughs> I haven't been able to do that yet, but that's kind of like one of those things I want to give a try. Um, Andy Frisella, I think that might be his name. Yes. Um, I, hopefully I'm not butchering that, but yeah, that is, it's an endeavor. Yeah. You just did the uh, 75 hard version <laughs> Yes. <laughs> of <laughs> content creation. It's oh, like 100 boy. YouTube wow, hard, really basically. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> So glad you came on the show. This has been so enjoyable. I'm really looking forward to diving into your book and I'm going to, um, I'm going to commit to doing, uh, one or more of those 19 methods when I, when I get the book and I start to, um, I think what I'll do is I'll set a date, maybe November 1st and awesome. for five minutes a day until the end of the year. And then I'll give you We'll get back together and uh, I'll give you a testimonial. And if any of the listeners want to do this with me, that would be super fun. We can do a little Facebook group and talk about 
you know, sort of what we're experiencing, what we're going through, what's coming up for us. Be really aware of our ego trying to talk to us in negative or positive ways. (laughs) Usually negative. You know, if if you end up doing the uh, other Facebook group, let me know. I'll I'll pop in every now and then and and try to throw a little extra value there. So feel absolutely that That would be. Yeah, that would be great. That would be really cool. So actually, you know what I can do? Um, I have a community that I just started. I just launched it about a week and a half ago. It's called Direct AF Builders Community. Cool. We can do it in there as well. So that might yeah. be a good place. I'll get back. I'll go offline with you and talk about it. But yeah, let me um, know. where can people find you on social media? Thanks for asking. I mean, like I'm a, mostly like Instagram. I'm Andrew Cap Insta. But um, even like I don't even push social media hard. Like I always be, tell people like the link to my book and the link to the YouTube. That way, if they want the book, they can get it affordably or they want for free. They're good. So if anyone's interested in the book, um, if you're in the U.S., lastlawofattractionbook.com will auto forward to the Amazon listing or anywhere on Amazon in the world. And again, if you don't want to pull out your wallet, that's cool. You can just simply go to YouTube.com slash Andrew Cap. Like you had said, that's K-A-P. And uh, there's obviously over 100 videos there now. So hopefully people will, uh, will get value out of that as well. <laughs> Thank you so much. For more information on the Direct AF Sales book or custom dice course or workbook, go on over to directafsales.com. There's going to be a discount code for all the listeners there. It's code directaf20 and grab yours today. Thanks for listening to today's show. Please leave me a review. Make sure you subscribe and even better, share it with a friend so that we can share our message and our content and help as many people as we can. Thanks, guys.